Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. But in our last message, we, we saw this life point, God gives wisdom to those who seek it, even in the most desperate of times. And so um, there's times that we go through difficult circumstances, trials that we don't understand, um, but God promises that he gives wisdom to those who seek it. And one of the, the things that we saw is that um, it's not always when we want it or how we want it, but God gives his wisdom um, every time, every time. And so this huge mess uh, that is going on in the nation of, or, or the, the country of Israel, not Israel, of, uh, of Egypt, is um, being basically administrated by Joseph. Uh, the whole country, the whole uh, kingdom is going through a dire famine. And here we have Joseph, this little shepherd boy who was sold into slavery, a servant, and then uh, betrayed, all kinds of stuff. A nobody, basically, in man's eyes, uh, is, used, is used by God to administrate this whole mess. Uh, and again, while uh, everybody else was basically decreasing, Joseph was increasing um, the kingdom for Pharaoh. So God had a plan to use Joseph. I mean, that's something that isn't always factored in when we look at other people. Uh, God was using Joseph. And, and we see him, again, a shepherd boy, a slave, a servant, um, a prisoner, and maybe somebody who would be considered least or least likely to lead. He was young when he was captured, uh, inexperienced, so many things that we would look at and say, uh, I don't see how God would ever use him, uh, are the very reasons why God, I believe, chose him so that God could get the glory uh, in the situation. Uh, but one of the things I do want to point out before we move forward is this, that we've seen Joseph have some things. Joseph had humility. Joseph had humbleness. Uh, which again, we know the scripture says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Um, and so again, that he exalts those that abase themselves. So Joseph was one of those that was humble for God, feared God, uh, was, was living in humility. And he had this fear of God, uh, this reverence for God. And God used that uh, to uh, illustrate or express his wisdom and uh, lead this, this, this time in Egypt. Um, it's interesting, though, that Joseph, as somebody chosen by God, was being used to increase a foreign king's kingdom, right? Uh, instead of increasing Israel and his people in Israel, in the land of, uh, of Israel, he's increasing Pharaoh's kingdom with one of his own people. And uh, it's a very interesting thing. It's a very interesting thing, the fact that God's people are in Goshen, the land of Goshen, and God is, is sustaining them and, and blessing them and increasing them even as everybody else is suffering from the famine. And again, you, you look at that in, in, in retrospect, look at, look at that in um, what God has been doing all along with his people. Why would he use Joseph to bless a pagan king like that? Why would God use uh, one of his people to bless a foreign kingdom? For, I think for one of the things that we just mentioned, uh, that it was God's people and it was God's man and it was, they were humbled before him and, and Joseph was uh, submitted to him. But I think uh, some other things are the reason why as, as well. Uh, but we're going to see why 
the situation was the way it was for God's people. And uh, I think the next verses are going to paint a picture for us. And so if you have your Bible in Genesis 47, I just want to read one verse. In verse 27, it says this, And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and they have possessions therein, and grew and multiplied exceedingly. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for, again, allowing us to come together in this place to worship you. God, we could spend all morning long just thanking you, just praising you. Uh, even if, if we're here in a, in a difficult spot, going through trials, we're wrestling with things, uh, we're in uh, just a, a dire situation ourselves, Lord, we could spend all morning if it wasn't for one thing, and, and, and just the fact that you died for us, you rose again, and you offered to us the free gift of eternal life through your work. And uh, God, we again, we can thank you not only all day today, all morning, but we should be thanking you every day of our life for that. Uh, because we could never save ourselves, we could never help ourselves, uh, and you did all of this for us. And so we praise you and we thank you for that. We thank you again that we have the opportunity to open your word and, and to be, uh, if nothing else, reminded of what truths are, are, are in, in this word for us. And uh, I pray that you would speak to us this morning, uh, that you would use me just as a vessel and that uh, you would be glorified. And if there is somebody here today that isn't truly, fully surrendered to you, uh, surrender their life to you for salvation, or even surrender to you in living in obedience, I pray that this message would speak, and God, we would stand firm on the truths that you have given to us in your word, and uh, that you would, you would move and change lives, and, and just have your way in this place today. We'll praise you for it, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right off the bat, I just want to share the, the life point, if you have your notes there. Uh, the life point is this, God keeps covenants and preserves his people. God keeps covenants and preserves his people. Um, we've seen this in different ways before. Uh, it's come up in, 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 in other life points in, in, similar, uh, in similar ways, but I think this is the major emphasis here. Uh, I think it's important because it is recurring. I think it's important because it's true, and I think it's important because it's evident. You see this in this, this journey we've been taking in Scripture, this, this story that we've been following, the, the lineage, the life, and, and eventually the legacy of Joseph, but God has been preserving his people throughout all of history. That's nothing new. I mean, again, we're looking back very far in history when we're going through this story, the very first book of the Bible, if you will, and uh, we're seeing that God has never failed. God has never once not preserved his people, not once uh, held back from keeping his, his covenant. Um, whether God's people have been uh, hidden in caves, whether he's delivered them from enemies, again, you go forward in history from where we are today, uh, protecting them in furnaces, protecting them in lion's dens, scattering, scattering them throughout uh, to protect them and then to bring them back again. God has done it. And it's all been because, and it's all been based off of his, pro uh, his promises, his covenants, those things that he has kept that are all according to his eternal plan. And that's something that I, I really want us to get hold of today. Because again, in, in, in talking this morning, it's so easy for us to get carried away with what we experience in this life, physically speaking, in the world. We, we, we feel things, we experience things, we go through things, and that becomes the, the, uh, the governor, if you will. The thing that kind of drives or, or directs our lives versus 
the, the, the Word of God, God Himself, the Holy Spirit. We, we experience things, even spiritually, feel things and experience things, and sometimes operate in the flesh versus operating in the Spirit. And, and sometimes, again, we, we lose heart, uh, we lose hope, we lose focus. So many things happen when this happens. But I, I want to look back, if you will, in, in Genesis chapter 12. And uh, again, I said, God always preserves, has always preserves his people, always keeps his covenants, and it's based off of his eternal plan. And we look at what's going on here with Israel in the land of Egypt, and this is something God's already said he was going to do. And we, we've touched on this a little bit. In Genesis chapter 12, look what it says. And the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And look at these next words. And I will. I will. It's not I might or I probably will. God gives this covenant, this promise. He says, I will make of you a great nation. And look at it again. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And look, look at verse 3. And I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God is telling Abram, who is the, 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 the father uh, of many nations, the father of faith, again, uh, the, the grandfather, uh, or the great-grandfather here in, the, in our story. And so um, Genesis chapter 22, we fast forward a little bit and look what happens. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, by myself I have sworn, not by any other thing but himself. There's no, other, there's no greater thing by which God could keep a covenant by, than himself. So by myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee. Look at that again. I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall, listen to that again, shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Again, God has never failed in preserving his people. He's never failed in keeping his covenants. He's never faltered or failed. And when we see this, this covenant, this promise, these, these things given to Abraham and then now being lived out even with Joseph, we, we, we find confidence for us today. We find confidence and not only confidence for today, but also hope for the future. I, I, can, I can stand here today. You can sit there today. We can be here in this place today and have absolute confidence that God will never fail and God will never falter in what he's to told us he will do. Regardless of what things look like. Again, I want you to think back to our, st our story, our study. The people of Israel are in a foreign land. They're not in their hometown. They had to leave their hometown to go to Egypt where God would show them, no matter what your circumstances are, I have you. No matter what you're going through, I have you. No matter how you feel or what other people around you are saying or other people around you are experiencing, I have you because you are my people. And I'll never fail in that. No matter if, if you feel like, well, well, things have got to change or we're, we're moving from our home, but I've got you. I've got you. Again, the fact that God keeps his covenants and preserves his people should give us that confidence 
should give us hope, and we see it all throughout Scripture, promises of God to us even today. Uh, I, I look in, in the New Testament, John chapter 14, and one of those times where his, he was trying to prepare his disciples, and uh, man, I, I don't know about you, but uh, we, we, we can become so starstruck in our world today, right? We, we see athletes or movie stars or, or other people that we look up to, and, and man, we just become uh, oh man, it would be amazing if I met them, or it'd be amazing if I, I got to, you know, we, we kind of are, are easily drawn that way for, for whatever reason. And um, I cannot imagine walking around for three years with God in the flesh. I mean, can you imagine how, how struck you would be? Like, I mean, oh, he, his arm, his arm went like that. It was withered, and then it went whole. Like, I've never seen that before, you know? A funeral's passing by. Oh, get up. get up. Whoa, hey, wait. Hey, everybody see that? They were dead. They were dead. We saw no color. They're dead. They're alive now. I mean, I, I, again, we, we like make it real to you. This happened, you know? I mean, we read them like stories sometimes, like fairy tales, and we think, oh, that's cute, you know? Uh, he never walked in his life before, and Jesus healed him, and he, and he walked, and, and he jumped, and he praised God, and he told everybody in the temple, and and we're like, oh, that's, that's a sweet story. No, there were people there. There were people that, again, it, 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 it was like, this guy's been lame from his, mother's, from his mother's womb. He's never walked before. And Jesus comes up and he, and he heals him. And he's not just walking, he's jumping, he's, he's running around. What's going on? This guy's been blind. And he put dirt in his eyes. And he can see. Have you ever seen anything like that? I mean, I, 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 would, I would be like, not ever wanting to sleep, you know? Again, when Jesus takes them to the garden right before he dies, he's telling them, you know, don't sleep but pray. You know, the flesh is weak, the spirit's willing. Um, and he goes a little further and prays. I'd be like, what's going to happen? You know, <laughs> what's he about to do? I'm not saying I wouldn't sleep too. I mean, they were obviously tired. They experienced all that. I'm not saying anything like that, but they experienced all this. It was real to them. They, they, they couldn't imagine, I believe, life without him. And so in John chapter 14, he, he tells them, don't be worried, don't be sad, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if, if that wasn't the case, I would tell you. But look what he says. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, look at those next words, similar to what he said to Abraham. I will. I will. Not, not, not like back in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 22 to Abraham, I will do this, I will do this. And Abraham's like, yeah, but I mean, how is this going to work out? I don't see how this is going to happen. I don't see, uh, you know, I don't, I don't see it. No, you don't see it, but I still said it. Right? That's sometimes that's, that's, that's where we need to go. Sometimes we want to see it and we can't. We just need to remember what God said. But I don't see it. I still don't see it. What did God say? Don't go just off of what you see. Go off of what, that's faith. We live by faith. The just shall live by faith, not by sight. I will come again. I'm going to come back and receive you to myself and take you to, to, to myself that where I am, that there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we know not whether I go. We don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way if we don't know where you're going? Jesus said to him, said to him you do know the way because I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. 
What was Jesus saying? He was pointing them back to me, back, back to him. He said, me, I am the way, he said. I am the truth, I am the lie. You can't go the way I'm going unless you come to me. Trust me. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, here's those words again. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we can confidently say, verse 6, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. So again, all of these things are, are, are I wills, our covenant, our promises, are things that God will not change on. In verse 5, it said, for he has said. He has said. So this is something in, in Hebrews that he's referring back to. God's already said it. Where, where did God already say it? In an, another instance where he kept his promise. Joshua chapter 1. Think about this. I've never seen this before either. Moses, chosen by God, unworthy, but chosen by God. God says, I want you to lead my people out. So he goes out, leads his people, does amazing, phenomenal things, right? I mean, it, it seems to be, yeah, wow, God has used him. Goes up to the mountain, God's speaking to him, giving him the Ten Commandments. All of these things happen, and imagine trying to follow in those footsteps. Imagine, like, there's nobody, I mean, Moses is Moses. I mean, there, there's no way. So God says, okay, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to use you, Joshua. Joshua, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, Moses, yeah, but look what happens. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of our life. And look what God promised him. As I was with Moses, here are those words again, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. It's God's promise to his people. It's not just to Abraham, it's not just to Moses, not just to Joshua, not just to his disciples, it's to us today. God will never fail us, he will never forsake us. And so he tells Joshua, be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance of land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Psalm chapter 37, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the lord upholdeth him with his hand i have been young and now i'm old and look what he says yet have i not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread he's ever merciful and lendeth and his seed is blessed second corinthians chapter four we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to god and not to us we are afflicted in every way but not crushed Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but look at those next words. But not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may, be also, may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. That's the Apostle Paul talking there. The Apostle Paul had been, uh, you know, he had been stoned, he had been jailed, uh, been shipwrecked, had been uh, all kinds of things for the sake of Christ. And Paul comes to this place and he, and he says, look, we have gone through so much in this life. 
But we know that God, just because we've gone through bad, just because we suffer, just because even we've been persecuted, we know that we ultimately are not destroyed. We know that we ultimately have not failed. We know that we have ultimately not been forsaken, no matter what our circumstances tell us. Because he bases it off of God and his word. 2 Peter chapter 3, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So no matter what we see, no matter what we experience, no matter what we go through in this life, no matter what you feel, God never changes. His word never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when you get to a place in your life where you feel like, where's God? Or why is God allowing this? Or, or the, you know, I, I just, I, you, you feel like you're, you're discouraged and you want to pull back some, or, or whatever the situation is, I, I'm encouraging you today to stand on the promises of God. I love that song, Standing on the Promises of Christ My Savior. Listen, that's the only place to run. That's the only place to stand. That's the only rock that we can run to. Because tomorrow, you might feel a little different. Tomorrow, circumstances may be a little different. That person that was nice to you today might be mean to you tomorrow. But Jesus will never change. Again, when we understand that he's, he's looking from an eternal perspective, he's, he's seeing everything go on, and what he's figuring in is, is things that we don't figure in. He's figuring in the evil and unrighteousness and the wickedness in the world. He's figuring in a, a plan of redemption for all mankind that, that we can't see. We just know what we experience. We can read history. We don't know the future. And so all we know is what we've seen and experienced. But God sees the whole plan from eternity. That's why we need to run to him and trust him. They say, but, but man, I just, I, I feel like God, you know, if, if, if he cared, that he, then he would do this. That's why we go back to his word, because our feelings change. You ever doubt God's care for you? Think about the sins you've committed, and then remember John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave. Remember Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's those things that we stand on, the promises of God. See, the, the hard part is sometimes God's wisdom leads us to loss for his glory, right? When, when he's kept his promises, when he has this plan from eternity, and we operate in God's wisdom, and we operate in obedience similar to, to Abraham, similar to others throughout history, we, we, we look at what, what God may ask of us, or what God uh, may use in our life. And, and again, we only see from a temporal perspective, not from this eternal perspective. And so when, when we operate in, in a way of obedience and we operate, and we feel like we're going in God's way of wisdom and then it leads us to loss. Why would, why would I lose my job? Why would I lose my loved one? Why would I lose this relationship? Why would this be taken from me? Why would this happen to me? If I'm trying to please God, again, sometimes living in God's, living in obedience to God, living in his wisdom, sometimes it leads us to loss. 
It's always for his glory. He said, I don't see how that could be, bring glory to God. Again, we, we are seeing through glass dimly right now, the Bible says. We don't see the whole picture. Again, we saw that with the Apostle Paul. But in that, we see that God preserves his people regardless. We're not utterly forsaken. But the tough part for us is we know that we can break promises. We know that others have broken promises with us. And so that's, that's sometimes, I think, how we feel God is. We don't want to say that. We don't want to really believe that in our heart, but sometimes we live like that and our attitudes and our feelings drive us that way, like maybe God failed us in some way. Or maybe God didn't keep up his end of the, the bargain because we know by, we're capable of doing it. Other people are capable of doing it. The reality is we live in a world of broken promises. So there's a tendency in our flesh, I think, to think when something appears to be a failure on God's part that God didn't keep his end of the deal some way. That he could have and he just didn't. And I think that, that we try to wrestle with that and saying, well, uh, you know, God may, could have done something and he didn't there and he still wants me to trust him there. But that's the failure on our part because God never fails. God never breaks a promise. It's our perception that God didn't do something that he should have or God, God did something that he shouldn't have. It's our perception that's off. Because again, how, how, much do, how, how many times do our feelings change? How many, how many times have we changed our mind about something? Here's the problem with that. When we think that God has failed or hasn't kept his part of the deal, Hebrews chapter 6, for when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, remember what he said? He said, I swear by myself. He swore by himself, saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves. And in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose. Remember that, the unchangeable character of his purpose. He guaranteed it with an oath. Not that he had to, but he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it's impossible for God to lie. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. There it is. He was saying, listen, God can't lie God has sworn, God has, kept, God has given an oath. And so no matter what we think or what we go through, we know that it's impossible for God to lie. So when we need refuge, when we flee for, to God for help, we can have strong encouragement and hold fast to the hope that's set before us, knowing that God said he will never leave us or forsake us, knowing that he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, knowing that he said, I will be with you always, even until the end of the world. We can hold fast and, and find that encouragement there. And so look what he says. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Man, Praise God. I mean, again, if there was nothing else, the, the, the moment that veil tore on, on the, the, the crucifixion evening, 
and the Holy of Holies was opened up, and we had bold entrance into that holy place because of, of what Jesus Christ did for us. Again, this is, this is that, man, he says, look, we have a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Note this, it's in your note, write it down, highlight it, remember this. Preach it to yourself over and over every day. God can't lie or break his promises. No matter what you're going, you're going through a tough situation today, you're going through a difficult, you're going through a battle, you're going through a trial, tell yourself that because it's scripture, God can't lie and he can't break promises. Preach it to yourself over and over, day after day if you have to. This limitation, again, that we have that maybe can hinder us from that is on our understanding and our vision. That's what I mentioned while I go in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. Paul says that. We see right now through a mirror demo, we see through this, this glass, it's foggy for us. But one day we're going to see face to face. This world that we're living in, this time, is temporal. <clears throat> we know that. As we've seen, God isn't willing that any should perish. We know that God desires to redeem all of mankind. It's clear in Scripture. We know that it's a choice that we make, that it is infinite wisdom and eternal wisdom, this plan of redemption. God knows that not everybody's going to accept him. God knows that not everybody's going to trust him. But we need to remember this, that he knows how the temporal plan of redemption plays into the eternal plan of rest. We need to remember that. So now I'm, I don't know, I don't understand it right now. It's really hard. But we need to know that he knows how the temporal plan plays into the eternal plan of rest. This plan of redemption, why is it so hard? Why is it so bad? Why is it so evil? Why do we have to go through this? Again, we can only see this partial picture most of which is framed by our personal experience. This is where we see the power in the word of God and power of faith. You see that regardless of how bad things got, God still had control. Ultimately, his people weren't forsaken. Maybe tested and tried, suffered because of the sinful world they were in, but ultimately were brought home to his eternal rest. We see that. And that's the confidence, the hope that we have that brings us through. Romans chapter 5, it speaks of this hope. It says this, it says, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And through him we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. In the hope, it says. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, Paul said. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope which is confident expectation. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. You know there's over 3,000 promises found in Scripture. If you are a child of God, you must know today that God has you. He's got this, what you're going through. He's got this. He's got this battle. He's got this trial. He has the final say. God has got this. So my encouragement this morning, the word of God's encouragement, is to cleave to him, fear him, love him, serve him, be faithful to him, endure.
because it's going to be worth it in the end. He's got you. And again, that's one of those promises. It's going to be worth it in the end. This morning, I, I want to encourage you if, if you, if this is foreign to you, if you're here and you're like, I don't even know about God helping me, and, and if you don't have a relationship with him through faith in Jesus Christ alone, Maybe you didn't realize, I said the verse a while ago, maybe you didn't realize that God sent his son to die for your sins. And you, you're here and you're like, I, what is this about? It's about that. It's about a relationship. It's about when you see in this world so many people turning to so many other things for help and hope, only to find emptiness. It's about realizing that the only hope and help comes from God himself. And you only experience that in a relationship. So if you've never surrendered your life to him, I encourage you today. He's knocking at your heart's door, but he won't barge in. He'll only come in if you invite him. He'll only, he'll come in and he'll, he'll make his home, the Bible says, his abode with you. He'll live in you and, and he'll protect you and provide you. Again, we've seen throughout Scripture, it doesn't mean that we won't go through bad circumstances or hard times. But he'll be with us every step of the way. But if you've never experienced that, he'll, he'll, he'll come into you. He'll, he'll forgive you of all the sins you've ever committed. He'll give you a fresh start. He'll give you a brand new start. He'll change you. And he'll take you from eternal death to life. And the only way, as we saw a while ago, is through Jesus Christ. You have to surrender to him. If you are in a relationship this morning, if you have a, you know, so I, I, I am. As I said a while ago, I, I don't, may not know exactly what you're going through. Maybe the battle you're going through is internal. Maybe you're dealing with something mentally or emotionally or even spiritual, and nobody else knows about it but you and God. I encourage you this morning. Let God have the direction in your life let him direct you don't try to fight it alone don't try to battle it alone don't try to to figure it out don't try don't go off your emotions cleave to him fear him love him surrender to him be faithful to him let god fight your battle because it's going to be better in the end if you do let's, let's pray father thank you for this time thank you for allowing us to be here or thank you for this reminder this morning that you keep covenants. Lord, you, you can't lie. You keep promises. There's nothing that you do that's wrong. You're good, and Lord, we, we realize that our feelings change. We realize that, that our attitudes and our thoughts change. Lord, there's no doubt that every one of us in here could could admit that there's things that we've changed our mind about through our lives whether it has to do with something simple like not liking a food and then eventually liking a food or preferring one thing over the other we, we we're prone to change Lord uh, even if sometimes we, we say that we don't like it we, we change things ourselves and again we're, we're moved by feelings and circumstances and again we admit this morning we see in your scripture that you don't do that you're not changed you're eternal and you're right and you're just and you're good and you love us and god you're here for us 
So this morning, I pray that we would turn to you and we wouldn't no, no longer base our obedience, base our faithfulness, base our attitude, base anything off of how we feel or what things are going on in our life, but we would, we would turn to you and we would base it off of you, our unchanging God. And I just pray that you move this morning and help us respond rightly to your word. And we ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.